This mission has two parts, kind of unrelated. The first part says what happens if a contract is getting ruined or has gotten ruined, so you need to replace to replace the contract so it's enforceable. What do you do and how do you do it? And the second part of the Mishnah um, is like a new topic, back to what do you do when someone makes a partial payment, kind of what we talked about in the previous Mishnah to some degree, how you deal with partial payments on, uh, on IOUs. So here let's do part one first. It says, A person had an IOU, Reuven the money to Shimon, and he had a contract, but the problem is the contract is either getting worn out or fell in the water, now it's, you know, got smudged, or it just faded in the sun. And the point is, the contract as it is really is not legible and couldn't be enforced as is. However, Reuven, of course, wants to collect on it, and he knows that there are witnesses who could confirm exactly what the contract had said, meaning they can confirm the date in which it was taken out, as well as, um, you know, the amounts, whatever other salient, you know, details, the lender, the borrower, and the like. So, says the Mishnah, He needs to get his two witnesses to testify on his behalf in front of the Bezdin. Now, the truth is, our lesson is, Witnesses testify on his behalf. The Bartonor and essentially all the Roshonim have a different gears of, Ma'amid alav Adam. He steps up, stands up, his witnesses. And so there's witnesses that can confirm what the contents of the star had been before it got smudged or ruined or lost or bleached, or whatever the story is. Uva Bezdin, and then the lender with his worn out document and his two witnesses go before the Bezdin. And the Bezdin will essentially give him a replacement contract. The word Kiyom here means like a replacement contract. It's a contract which can confirms the Kiyom Mikayem, it confirms what the original contract had said. So in other words, it'll say something like this, says the Mishnah, quote, Ish Ploni ben Ploni, there was a certain person, this is the lender, Aruven, Nimchak Shtaro, he had a contract, but it got rubbed away, or whatever it is, illegible, and um, on that contract, the replacement, the Kiyom contract, you will define Biyom Ploni, um, the date, not on which it was written, the Kiyom, or on the date on which the star was wiped out or rubbed out or washed out. That's not relevant. What's relevant is the date on which the original contract was written, and that's essential. If you can't get that date exactly from the witnesses, it doesn't get off the ground. But I'll explain why in a moment. But the point is, the kiyum, the the confirming contract, has to have on it listing the date of the original loan, and then the contract will say uploni uploni adav, and the kiyum will say who the original witnesses were. As well, so we can, you know, the the lender, if he wants to dispute the contract, can, you know, go to those, find those those alleged witnesses to, you know, show they were really invalid or something like that. And that way, Reuven can collect again. So basically, he's relying on the second set of witnesses to confirm what the first contract had said. Now, um, that's the basic point of the first part of the Mishnah. Um, the reason why the date is so essential, like sort of a make-or-break situation, the date of the original loan is because, and remember, when a person makes a loan, uh, middle of the star, he makes a loan with a, with a loan IU document, so the borrower's real assets, his karka, his, his land and things attached to the ground, you know, his real estate, are all mishubadim, they're all essentially lean, they're encumbered by this loan, uh, such that if the borrower fails to repay the lender, so then if he had property at the time he took the loan, that property will stand, like it's nechas mishesh machrais, that property will stand in, as surety, as a guarantee um, for the repayment of the loan. And therefore, if in the meantime, the borrower had sold that property to a third party, so now the lender can go to the third party and say, listen, I'm like, you know, the bank. I'd first lean on this on this 
mortgage on this property, I have to get repaid first. Okay, so therefore, it all matters about the date. Did the sale to the third party happen before or after the loan took place? That's all important. And therefore, the witnesses that are testifying for the Kiyom have to know exactly and testify on the original date of the loan. Okay, so that, that's the first part of the mission. There's such thing as Kiyom, and it can be done. Now, new second part of the mission is like really kind of unrelated altogether. We're coming back to what happened in the previous Mishnah. Previous Mishnah, like I said before, the topic there was just really about a smachta. Here we're not going to talk about what you do, in fact, if you have a partial repayment. So there's basically two basic options here, right? So Reuven, the money to Shimon, the loan was for 100. Shimon comes back, he says, I can't pay in full, but here at least I'll give you 40. So now there's 60 still owing. So there's really two basic possibilities of what can happen next um, if they want to do everything papered, you know, tightly. Either A, they could tear up that IOU, that said it was 100, and write a new one. They could be machalif. They could exchange it for a new contract, which says now there's an outstanding loan of 60. Okay? The downside of that is that new loan will have a new date of the, you know, a, a later date, the date that it was partially repaid, and that means there's less protection for the lender because he hasn't got an encumbrance going back to the original loan anymore. That's bad news. And it's not an option to sort of predate it because a, a predated, a star mukdam, a predated contract is totally invalid. That's a scandal. It's a totally, the rabbis wouldn't countenance such a thing. And therefore, even though in this case, you could write a whole story and explain how this is a second loan to replace the first, and there was an original loan of 100 earlier, and now this is partially repaid. No, no, no. The bottom line is the rabbis are not having any contracts which talk about, that are written on a given date and referring to a previous date encumbrance. They're not having that because it's just a recipe for disaster. So therefore, there's a big downside to making a replacement contract. On the other hand, so what could you do, therefore, is instead you could give a, a, a shovar. Shovar, or shover, is like a, as a receipt that would be given to the lender. And the, the, the excuse me, that would, excuse, I'm sorry, that would be given to the borrower. So the borrower would receive the receipt. The receipt would say, you repaid back to me, your lender, you know, 40 on such and such a date. Um, so that later on, if the lender tried to enforce the full 100, the borrower could say, listen, I already paid you back 40, here's the my receipt to confirm it. That's fine. The downside of that is that um, now the borrower needs to be very careful to make sure he doesn't lose his receipt. Because if he does, he's on the hook for another for it twice. And in the time of the Mishnah, we're thinking, you know, there could be acts that excuse me, there are rats that are gnawing away on the contract, could get lost, moldy, um, and so on and so forth. That's bad news, and that sort of jeopardizes or put at risks, puts at risk the borrower. So Says the Mishnah inside, Misha para miktsas chovo. If someone, the borrower, pays back part of his loan to his lender, called 40 out of 100, what happens next? Rabbi Yudah Omer, Yachlif. Rabbi Yudah says, you can't force, um, as we'll see in a moment explicitly, you can't force the borrower to just be have to get a receipt. He Therefore, he's entitled to demand the new contract, which is correct, to show just the amount owing, and that, of course, weakens the claim of the lender, but so be it. But Rabbi Yossi says, no, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Yichtov Shover. No, what should happen is we should benefit the lender, we shouldn't weaken his claims, and therefore the lender should just give a receipt to the borrower, so the borrower can be protected with that receipt. Am Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda says, uh, wait a second, if you write a... Uh, uh, receipt nimsa zet shomer shovaro minak If you write a receipt, then that puts an extra burden on the borrower. He has to make sure that his receipt doesn't get eaten by the rats or get lost or the like, and that that is making him jeopardized. Amr lower biosi real says that's fine. Kach that's just fine with the lender because what does that mean? That'll pressure eyes. That'll put pressure on the borrower to pay back sooner to make sure he repays back in full and settles the score before he loses his receipt. 
And that will not, therefore, we won't have to weaken uh, the koach, the power, the ability to collect that the lender originally had. Because if you would write a new contract, then again, you can't collect on um, property that was sold between the day of the original loan and the and the new contract. That's bad news. And therefore, we says uh, Rabbi uh, says Rabbi Yossi, we want to not weaken anything, any claim the lender has. So he basically gives a receipt, and then let the let the borrower do what he got to do to pay back on time or as fast as possible. And the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, so the halacha is you'd give a shover a receipt, and that's the burden is on the on the borrower to be a big boy.